Spokane, New Hampshire presents FNL Winter. And yes, on an F on a Friday. Good evening, everybody. This is Buttons in the ESPN New Hampshire studios, welcoming you to an evening of high school basketball, high school sports in general, as we have our usual features where we go around all of the divisions of boys and girls basketball here in the state of New Hampshire, as well as present you with a live game of the week. Our own Nick Anastas will be uh, on the other side of the bridge in Hudson tonight. As Alvern, the Broncos, will be your host tonight. They're taking on Exeter in boys' basketball. And we will have that tip-off at about 6.30, uh, going to Nicanastis uh, somewhere around 6.25. I was just reading up on uh, some of the past action that did take place on Wednesday. Uh, doesn't it seem a little ironic now when you consider... We didn't have games on Tuesday, which I had predicted based on ice more than snow. But we didn't have games on Tuesday uh, because of weather. And uh, who knew what was going to be flying in here for Thursday, huh? I mean, lots more uh, events having to get canceled. But on Wednesday, the calm between the storms, just as I believe we have a flurry or two after 11 o'clock tonight in southern New Hampshire... They managed to make up a few of the games that uh, would have been played on Tuesday. And uh, we would have broadcast on our usual Tuesday nights throughout the winter a game. And uh, instead, this is the second time this season we've gone to Friday. But on Wednesday, they were able to uh, uh, get some games under their belt. A night that's usually more girls basketball and some hockey. Uh, you know the drill. Boys basketball in particular, the Division One and Two schools, try their best to uh, play on Tuesdays and Fridays. And the other sports based on travel and even the other divisions within boys basketball and girls basketball, eh, that's where a Saturday game will pop up, a Thursday game, etc. But instead, uh, we had quite the full slate of action that took place on Wednesday. The Beals Insurance Scoreboard, brought to you by Beals Insurance Agency, with locations now in Bedford and Londonderry. Visit BealsInsurance.com. This leads into a report we're going to get a little later at about 6.15 this evening, and that's uh, keeping track of Manchester West. Because in a Division II basketball game, the Blue Knights were 79-55 to victors over the Eagles up in Conway. So West is now 8-4. and four. Leading pretty comfortably, 27-7 after the first quarter and 49-19 at halftime in their game. As for other action that took place on Wednesday, Nashua North was 82-66 victors over Pinkerton. The game was played over in Derry. Uh, Quite frankly, there were at least 21 points scored in the first three quarters by Nashua. So they had this uh, going all the way. Um, several players in double uh, digits. There were uh, more fans in the stands than had been at, quite frankly, uh, uh, a game in Derry midweek in a long time. So we salute the people for banging that particular gym out. Merrimack went to Salem, and uh, they were victorious there by a score of 65-56. to Merrimack led 35-34 at halftime and outscored the Blue Devils 16-3 to 
in the third quarter. So the Tomahawks are now 9-2 and two on the season. Bedford over Keene by a score of 67-47. to 47. That game was played in Bedford. Bedford, of course, your second-place overall team in Division I basketball in New Hampshire with a 10-2 record. They outscored Keene 30-8 to eight in the opening quarter and never trailed en route to their fifth straight victory. Milford over Gosstown by a single point, 46-45 to 45 in Milford. It was Evan Ryan making a layup with eight seconds remaining to lift the Spartans to their perfect 12-0 record in this one-point victory. Elsewhere in basketball, it was Derryfield over Wilton Lineborough by a score of 53-41. to 41. Campbell over Sanborn, 69-50. to 50. That game played in Kingston. Uh, you've got quite the lead going there for the Cougars, who are now 8-4. and four. Sanborn fell to 5-9. and nine. Girls basketball, well, in Nashua, Pinkerton trailed by two points entering the fourth quarter, then outscored Nashua North by, get this, 12-3 to three in that frame. Final score, Pinkerton 39, Nashua North 32. North has now an 8-6 and six record. The Astros are 12-1. and one. Also in girls basketball, Memorial 61, Spalding 42. Goffstown 58, Milford 35, and uh, Sauhegan over Manchester West, the game in Manchester, 54-41. Sauhegan trailed by one point after the opening quarter before outscoring the Blue Knights 15, excuse me, 14-5 in the second frame. It was Bow over Merrimack Valley by a score of 52-51. Again, uh, our entire broadcast brought to you by Basque, the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. But we're in the middle of a Beals scoreboard update. Boys hockey from Wednesday night. Bishop Girton, 11. Manchester Memorial, nothing. Now, this is the unique part of that one. Bishop Girton had 11 different scores. That's right, 11 goals, and there wasn't a multi-score in the game. Girton now record is 8 Four and two. So a couple people even had their first varsity goals in that one. Keene over Goffstown, uh, visiting Goffstown, but the, the Keene was victorious by a score of eight and three. They remain undefeated in hockey. They're 12 and 0. The Berlin Gorham contingent beat Kennett by a score of three to one in Berlin. Owen Dorval scored what proved to be the game winning goal on a Mountaineers power play in the third period. So a battle of heavyweights there, as uh, Berlin Gorm is a now 10-3. and three. Conway is 11-2. And, and uh, you know, that game was 1-1 one one in the second period, so it was entertaining all the way through. Again, the final score, Berlin Gorm winning 3-1. Girls hockey, this was regularly scheduled for that evening. Oyster River Portsmouth over Lebanon Stevens by a score of 2 to 1 and the Keene team defeated the Conval Conant combo team. They played uh, down at the Ritchie Ice Arena in Winchester Mass and uh, they defeated them by a score of 10 to nothing. The uh, Conval Conant school combo uh, not having a great year. Ladies are 1 and 9 at this point. 
So we're here without Patrick Gilroy tonight. Nick Anastas will be uh, over in Hudson for a live basketball game in less than 20 minutes. We're going to get an update as to uh, what's going on at Manchester West with their uh, game, a preview, in a few moments. And as the uh, games are played, we'll have a halftime here, a look at standings as we go around Divisions 1 through 4. That's it for the uh, Beal scoreboard, by the way. And uh, we will also uh, take a look eventually at the uh, 15 teams that make this week's power rankings, as we find over at NH Sports page. But uh, most of our information tonight and uh, every other night that we're going around the local high school scene uh, comes to you with the NHIAA. And we welcome you to go to their website anytime you'd like to see some features, read some background information. Of course, it's a free website. Uh, NHIAA.org is your official state's website when it comes to the world of New Hampshire sports. This, by the way, is a, a night of championships, which you might be a little surprised to know. Uh, they are going ahead tonight with uh, some swimming. Specifically, uh, tonight is a diving championship that's taking place. It's the 2017 diving competition, which is being held in its entirety, started at about 5.30 this evening. And tomorrow are the Division Two and Division One swimming events. So diving tonight, swimming tomorrow, and uh, that's both Division One and Division Two tomorrow for the swimming events that are going to be held. And uh, uh, so there's a sport wrapping up, if you will, winter sports. Ice hockey, of course, quite a ways to go. Our basketball games, quite a ways to go as well. So when we come back in a couple of moments, we'll check correspondent row, so to speak, see if we've got ourselves a uh, preview of another game besides the one that Nick is doing. I can tell you a little bit about the Alvin Broncos and Exeter and where they are in the standings and what some of our earlier broadcasts uh, were like this year that involved Exeter. But uh, uh, mostly, though, we want to hear from a correspondent that's scheduled in a couple of moments, and I think that's going to work out just perfectly here. Again, the game at 6.30. We should have uh, post-game highlights from around the state coming in in time around 8 o'clock tonight. Our broadcast, as it's traditionally is heard, uh, goes to about 8.55 tonight. And uh, we're normally heard on Tuesdays. FNL Winter is usually a Tuesday product. But for the second time, since we debuted, uh, what was it, five weeks ago, somewhere around January 3rd this year, uh, for the uh, second time, we got snowed out, iced out, whatever you want to call it, for the safety of the kids, and we didn't have a game. And because of that, uh, we shuffled the decks here at ESPN New Hampshire and put the game on Friday instead. So I kind of like it because it's called FNL Winter. Now it's Friday Night Lights Winter. And we all know that uh, every fall, Nick Anastas and Mike Belvo do a great job calling high school football games, including going to the championships, also uh, coaches for a cure. It's, it's the number one thing, I believe, in the local sports schedule that uh, draws big crowds now over at uh, UNH for the championship games, etc. 
And uh, this is a fine effort being made by Absolute Broadcasting. I salute ownership and management, and they let us get out there and do wintertime broadcasting as well of the local nature. And that's following your boys and girls, your neighbors, your friends, your daughters, your nieces and nephews as they play high school sports here on a winter's evening. Back in a couple of moments here, it's 14 past the hour. You're listening to 1250 Manchester, 900 Nashua, and uh, for free if you're using the TuneIn app, we're at ESPNNH.com. FNL Winter on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit Apple... Kind of a slow getting going rejoinder music there. Almost wanted you to think you were listening to bedtime magic. But instead, you got something more exciting than that. You've got high school basketball and even a little high school hockey being covered on the FNL Winter Show. We're brought to you by BASC, the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center. And our score updates throughout the game are brought to you by Beals Insurance. We were looking at the union leader the other day, and we were listening about, uh, or reading, I should say, about uh, Manchester West's big victory at Kennett as uh, we were trying to keep track of the games that were played, you know, a day late after all of the bad weather. So now those schools are moving on to their regular Friday games, and uh, we've got ourselves a guest who's going to give us a quick preview of uh, action this evening. Uh, so good evening there, Justin. Welcome to uh, ESPN New Hampshire. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Tim. Well, we appreciate the update. So um, you've got uh, two good teams playing tonight, and uh, what are you looking forward to as, uh, what, an 8-4 and four basketball team takes the court, at least in one instance? Uh, what about their opponent? Well, uh, Ken, or, I'm sorry, Lebanon is 8-1. and one. They haven't played quite as many games. Uh, big story tonight, though, is Coach uh, Keith Matt's son, KJ, is making his first appearance this year since getting hurt in the preseason, and he's probably their best player. Wow, so it's taken this long to rehab whatever happened to him. First off, we're sorry to hear he got injured, and uh, secondly, uh, that's a nice time of the year to get that kind of a boost, wouldn't you think? Oh, definitely, because he's, he's probably a 20-plus point Per game score, good shooter. He's a senior, about he's six feet tall, uh, but he's paired with a couple really good guards too, Graham Chickering and Ryan Milliken. And Milliken's averaging, I think, seventeen, and Chickering fourteen point six, I believe. Do you do you think that this is a uh, uh, more of a uh, work them in slowly into the schedule type of game, or is it, hey, our best players back? Only way to get them back to, um, if you will, game shape, game cardio, is feed them the ball. You know, I'm not too sure. I just spoke with Coach Matt a couple minutes ago. And, and that's, and that's he, touchy, right? I mean, Dad's coaching you. You're anxious oh, to yeah. play because you finally got the green light medically at the school. But at the same time, Dad's got, you know, a whole room full of kids to consider. Oh, yeah. But I, I think just from watching them and listening to them play or listening to him talk, I think they know that he is their best player, and I think he gives them that, that, the best chance to win. And again, the beauty of four eight-minute quarters is uh, 
you can get that cardio I was talking about back pretty quick. In other words, if he gets out there and makes a couple sloppy fouls or something because he's reaching and grabbing and it's all just something he hasn't done for a while because this is his first game of the year, uh, you know, very quickly you can sit down for the rest of any of the first three quarters. Yeah, I don't think it really matters too much at that for him. That's a great point, just simply because their, their guards are really good. But they do have to contend with Jacoby Burpee from West, who is probably the preeminent point guard in Division Two this year. One thing about uh, West, we've had one of their games on live and have obviously had nice correspondents like yourself uh, filling us in. Uh, they have been now playing a 2-3 defense. They've gone to zone. And uh, zone basketball seems to be working, at least on the west side of the river. It appears to be just what was uh, what was just ordered by the Blue Knights, to tell you the truth. I, I agree, and it's funny because we made a comment. I have another uh, show I do on Thursdays, and we made a comment about how Manchester says never play man-to-man defense, but yet here we are with West, like you said, doing a great job playing zone. And I think some of their bench has been depleted with grades and some other issues, so... The zone is very important to them, I think, in terms of conserving energy and being able to stay in the game and forcing people to make, you know, wide or long jump shots, I think, for the most part. Yeah, what we've found so far this year is whenever you get in any of these four divisions two great schools playing each other, if you get, uh, uh, you know, a Bedford versus Exeter, if you get a uh, uh, Winnicunnet playing uh, Spalding, something like that, it starts out, it seems to be the 2016-2017 thing to do, playing zone basketball, Justin. But immediately someone gets hot, and immediately that person has somebody put on them, and there it goes. Now it's hold that person, if you can, to five points the second half, and we'll win this darn basketball game. And it seems to be the trend. Start out zone, see who's hot, get out of the zone, put your best man on whoever that night is their best man. I agree. And I, we saw that happen with West against Bishop Brady. And unfortunately, West lost that game, but they had a kid score. I think Brady had a kid score 20 in the first half against their zone. And then they switched it up, went man, and they were able to limit him to one basket, I believe, in the second half. So it helped them come back, but they just fell short at the end. Well, we appreciate your report. You are certainly welcome to contact us post game because we've got practically identical starting time, so we'll be staying on the air here for about an extra hour once Nick Anastas is done calling our game from over at Alvern. So if you'd like to call back in with a recap of this one, we'd be happy to uh, share it with both the 1250 listeners in Manchester and the 900 radio listeners in Nashua. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks for having me, and I'd, I'd love to do that. Okay. Have a good game now. Thanks. All righty, boys and girls. A, a live report as arranged uh, by Nick Anastas. That's a uh, preview, if you will, of a uh, hot basketball game that's taking place Division II style here in the state. If you are interested on uh, the, the, the way we do the program, in case you're not too familiar, uh, there's no one particular emphasis, Division One versus 2 versus 3 versus 4. We like to salute... Uh, boys and girls at all the different levels. And one of the ways we do that is by broadcasting games that take place at those different levels, but also having reports. And, uh, again, when we switch over from the NHIAA's uh, website a little later, 
to see what's shaking and baking over at NH Sports page. Uh, one of the things we like to reveal that they have on their website every week is a, a Powerade ranking of 15 schools. So you note they don't divide, make a decision to split up the divisions. They have their people, their six voters, doing their best they can to either see live or video of games from around the state and uh, come up with a power ranking, come up with this is number one, this is number two, and it doesn't matter what division it comes from. But in uh, you know the discussion we just had, Manchester West is four games out of the top with an 8-4 and four record only because it's been an exceptional year for two schools in Division Two. Naz Milford with a perfect 12 and 0 record and Cole Brown with an 11 and 1 record. So the, you know that's the real reason quite frankly that uh you may not have heard that much about Manchester West closer to the mass border down here in Nashville where our studios are as an example. We're going to go to uh, Nick Anastas but we're going to do that in about a minute and a half. If he's ready for the game, he's ready. If not, he'll throw it back to us. You're listening to ESPN New Hampshire, courtesy of Basket Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center. You're listening to FNL Winter. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted... We can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? It's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? Greenergadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. All right, we're here with Jacoby Burpee from Manchester West High School. He is our Student Athlete of the Month. Jacoby, welcome aboard. How you doing? Good. The Blue Knights are back in business, and you're a big reason why. First of all, how do you like playing for Coach Bryson? Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, he makes us work really hard, and always like, on our backs and telling us to improve and not to get down on each other in games, and always to pick each other up and stay together as a whole. And, and where, where I guess, did the love of the game come from originally? Basically from my uncle. Like, I started off as a football player, and my uncle, he was really big on basketball. He introduced me to the sport. And it used to just start off at, like, one-on-one in, like, my backyard with him. And I just got better at it, kept practicing, and then I switched from football to basketball and stuck with it. How would you describe your game on the floor? I'm a smasher. I like to dribble, attack the basket, and I run off to the big defenders. I'll go right at them. So have you enjoyed your, your four years at, at Manchester West? This is great. The teachers are actually really nice. They help you and encourage you to do better every day. If you need extra help, there's plenty of them stay at extra.
eight days and work on lessons with you. And then for next year, you're you're not quite sure what your plans are, but but you know you want to enter the business field. What made you lean towards business? Uh, just like like the retail, like marketing type things. You've worked some basketball camps at West. How was that experience? Just to see like little kids ready to play and they come in and do the same thing that we do. They work hard and they want to go somewhere with it. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located at Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit Apple Therapy. This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. We were talking off air to uh, Nick Anastas, and uh, he was agreeing with uh, Justin, who, by being a teacher, as well as doing other broadcasts, over in Manchester West Territory, that uh, this is about as big a game you get, a really good game in Division Two action. And that's like I say, we'd like to showcase it all while we're uh, we're doing Exeter Alvern. We're over at the uh, uh, other side of the river where the Broncos have been playing basketball since uh, the early 1950s. And this is a story that usually gets mentioned in private, but we'll uh, we'll share the shame this evening. Uh, when Alvern High School was built, in a lot of sports, the kids still came to Nashua because there were various sports that uh, Alvern did not originally have in their own budget. In fact, it's relatively modern times as you've had things like Alvern football, as an example. So the kids could um, apply within the school district, within the state, if you will, to maybe be a student in Alvern, but... You know, come over and play for, oh, Buzz Harvey in the 60s or any of the other coaches in the 70s uh, over here in Nashua. Well, of course, Alvern's uh, now done uh, their own. Litchfield built their own high school. Everybody now has pretty much the sports over there. But when they had their first basketball coach, yeah, back at the uh, beginning of the Eisenhower years, uh, there was some guy by the last name of Glenday who was the basketball coach. And uh, <clears throat> he led them to a 0-20 record the first year and 1-19 the uh, second year, where most of the discussion was where did he find that one school that they played the second year. But that's what happens when you're teaching chemistry and some other sciences and you're a principal and you're in your 20s and you're in a small-town high school. A slow start to Bronco basketball history back in the 50s. Girls basketball tonight. Since I mentioned everybody, if the boys are at home, that means the girls have a game. Where are they? They're in Exeter. So Exeter versus Alvern, also 630. Also in uh, girls basketball, Trinity is hosting Keene. So there's a game within the sound of my voice that people can go to. Merrimack is hosting Winnicunit. That's also at 630 tonight. Again, in girls basketball here in the NHIAA Manchester Memorial is playing Bedford. That game's at Manchester Memorial. Uh, the Davis Gym in Salem is the home of Nashua South versus Salem tonight. 
Central versus Concord is at Manchester Central. So those are some of the uh, feature games, if you will, on the girls' side of the uh, basketball this evening. As for us, we're in uh, uh, looking at Division One here in the NHIAA, where we've got a heck of a matchup coming to you, and that is the Exeter and Alvern game from uh, Hudson. Your leading scorers right now for Exeter, it's Cody Morissette, who is averaging 19.2 a game. And for Alvern's boys, it's Max Bonnie Lills, who is averaging 17.1. Something I've noticed going to the websites this year, and even when I've had uh, uh, Mark Breton in studio with me, or the uh, regular host of the program, Patrick Gilroy, uh, a lot more of the leading scorers this year seem to be people in the uh, teens. Upper teens, mind you, but in the teens. And haven't you noticed, whether you're reading the Telegraph, the Concord Monitor, the Union Leader, haven't you read more game stories where they talk about multiple players being in uh, double digits? That's something I have liked very much when it comes to... Uh, basketball. It's been a real team year throughout New Hampshire. Let's find out if they're ready for a little action. Uh, It could be near National Anthem time as the JV game first ran a little long. Mike Belvo's still on what we call rehab. He needs either the Ambulatory Surgical Center or a quick MRI over at uh, (laughs) one of the surgical centers see how he's healing up. So doing his best Johnny Most and soloing again is our own uh, Nick Anastas. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, Tim. Alvern and Exeter, the starters introduced, and now we'll step aside for the national anthem. National Anthem and a jam-packed Alvern Bronco gym. The scene tonight for our FNL winner game of the week. I'm Nick Anastas. Our cover presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. And a good one. Two of the better teams in Division One. Exeter widely considered a contender. Well, Alvern having a bit of a revival year. A game above 500. And still a young club, according to head coach 
Brian Lynch. Both these teams led by junior top scorers, as Tim Glenday, our host back in the studio, said before we broke. Max Bonnie Lyles, better than 17 a game, the high man for the Broncos. Exeter counters with Cody Morissette, a six-foot guard. Both are juniors. All right, Alvern wins the tip. Broncos are in their home whites with the blue lettering and gold trim. Exeter on the road here in their white lettering and silver uh, jerseys, the dark blue shorts and shirts. Meanwhile, a foul here on Exeter, I believe on the floor. On the far side, it'll come against Kyle Shaw. It's one of the seniors, and they are actually going to reward Trevor Bulldog some free throws here. I guess he was shooting on the far side of the lane, so here is Bulldog, a long skinny, six foot guard who misses on the first free throw and hangs his head. As I mentioned, a good crowd. Far side bleachers are basically full. There's a strong student section here. Second free throw miss. Rebound goes to Exeter. As Kyle Shaw is able to grab it in the paint. And now the first trip for the Blue Hawks. Coached by longtime head coach Jeff Holmes, who watches for the moment on a seat on the bench. Here is Morissette, the player to watch. He's on the far wing. Leaves it over for Nick Sowers, his fellow guard. Now a cutter. It is Cleish who goes to the rim but misses the light hand runner. Rebound off the back iron goes to Alvern's Bonnie Lyles. He's their leading scorer, and he gets rid of it right to left. Still no score. With now one minute gone by in this first half. Up top, an open look, but the three is off target by Bulldog. Rebound off the backboard taken by Exeter Tri-Captain Steven Natola, one of the seniors. Quick runner for Natola, no good. And then, what's this, a foul on the rebound. I think it's an over the back on Exeter's Cleish. Yes, it is. Cleish with the big body. Did not have the position, though. Good box out for Alvern. Bronco ball. Now we see full court press. For the first time, either way, as Exeter is going to match up man-to-man, try and make the Broncos work. Into the front court, right to left, is Bonnie Lyles. Comes near side for Bulldog. Across, now a far side. Wing three for Lyles is off target. Ball tip once, twice. It's loose in the near corner, and Alvern comes up with it. Second try on this trip as the Broncos track it down in the near corner. Now Bulldog a near three. No good from the near wing. Too strong. Weak side rebound. Morissette, and here he comes. Looking to fly with the dribble left to right for Exeter. Sets up a three in the near corner for Sowers. It is short. Now the ball tipped the other way. Alvern right to left. Bonnie Lyles around the rim and to the bucket for two. Went right around the defender, Morissette, with a beautiful move. And the six foot four junior showing the athleticism on the break. Alvern cracks the ice and is on the board first here. 2 nothing with two minutes gone first half. First quarter, I should say. Morris had a runner. No good. Just south of the free throw line off the back iron. Another weak side defensive rebound for Alvern. This one for Jack Brown. Now back over to Bonnie Lyles. Trying to get the crossover going on the far wing. That had it slapped out of bounds by the defender, Morissette, who nearly came up with a steal. Again, 2-0 Alvern. Is our score here just underway. Both teams opening up a little cold from the floor. Exeter retreats into a half-court man-to-man as Alvern works right to left. Broncos taking their time. Reminder, no shot clock, of course, in the NHIAA. So either team can be as patient as they wish. Bonnie Lyles, count it, and the foul. Took it on the wrist. Beautiful ball screen there. Freed him up across the lane, took the pass from the wing, and went right up. And despite him being hit, looked like on the right wrist, the shooting wrist, he was able to power it up for his second field goal. So he came in at better than 17 a game in the 6'4 swingman 
off to a good start with four, but cannot convert the three-point play. Free throw comes up short, and the rebound goes to Exeter. Two and a half minutes gone by. Another Alburn steal at midcourt. Ball poked in the air, taken now by the Broncos' Ryan Rubrook. Up the floor, and there's a layup. Easy right-hander from the far side. Brown kisses it off the glass as Exeter fails to get back following the turnover. Coach Holmes scowling. He calls a timeout. Exeter down 6-0 with less than three minutes off this first quarter clock. A good start for the home team. Again, the Broncos had what was called a rebuilding year by Coach Brian Lynch, who I spoke with off-air before the broadcast. And, well, he still thinks his team is young, but but certainly improved, and we've seen it seen it on the win-loss column. Game better than 500, and the young coach really looking for a statement game tonight if they can knock off Exeter, who's widely considered one of the top challengers to Portsmouth in Division One. Out of the timeout, Exeter ball. They've opened up 0 for their first 5 from the floor. Meanwhile, a drive on Atola. No good. He sticks with it, though, and goes right back up with the right hand. Now the six foot four senior decided he wanted to go to the rim. And was able to follow up his own mix to crack the ice for Exeter. They're on the board. It's 6-2 Broncos. Now Alvern wants a response. Exeter back in a man-to-man as the Broncos work right to left. Bonnie Lyles up top, nearly slipped, but able to retain the dribble. Gets it across for Connor Lambert. Now it's Lambert to Bonnie Lyles, back near side wing. To Boldick. Good defense here by Exeter. A drive by Lambert, far side of the lane, results in a fadeaway shot, no good, but tip back out to Bonnie Lyles. Up top for Alvern. Broncos, another second chance opportunity. They'll cash in. Lambert for three from the near wing. A high arcer in front of the silent Exeter bench. 9-2, largest lead for Albert. Bluehawks looking to score on back-to-back trips themselves. Left to right. Natala into the lane. Finds Cleish far corner. Three there is short and a rebound off the bounce. Along the far baseline, tracked down by Rugruck. Good defense by Albert, and they'll take their time now right to left. Coming into the front court. Coach Lynch back on his feet, standing near midcourt, watching quietly with his arms crossed. We're past the midway point, first quarter. Broncos looking to build on a big lead. They go inside, reverse layup attempt. No good with the right hand by Brown. Rebound Exeter. Quick outlet. Sets up Natola with a left hand, and there he is in the lane for two more. Now Exeter able to score in transition. And they climb back within five at nine to four as we approach three minutes to go in this first quarter. Again, Alvern looking to space the floor here on offense right to left. As Coach Lynch watches quietly. Bonnie Lyles with the ball between the circles. Wants to go one-on-one with the smaller defender. That's Sowers. Goes around Sowers. Past the second man to Tola, but missed the layup. Ball tipped out. And last touch by Exeter. Coach Holmes not happy with the call. Meanwhile, the first round of substitutions on the floor both ways. Bolduck takes a seat on the Alvern bench. As Ryan Weston, sophomore guard at 5'11", checks in for the first time. And on for Exeter is Jake Ross, a 6'1", sophomore. So a couple of youngsters getting some time here late in the first quarter. Alvern leading 9-4. Lambert to the rim, got a friendly roll for two more. Lambert now the high man with five. Got that one around Natola. And Exeter back in front by seven, or rather down by seven. Here's Morris set for three. That's good. Came off the curl, and the Blue Hawks leading 
Scorer now in the books with his first three. That one from straight away. Meanwhile, Alvern looking to match it. It's Brown, but no good. Three from the top of the key results in another Morissette rebound for Exeter. Two-possession game at 11-7. Exeter wants to make it just a one-possession difference. Natola on the give, missed the layup. Followed up, though, up and in with the right hand by Ethan Pollitt. And then you know he checked in. The junior just slipped into the lineup and slipped two into the bucket. Exeter is within two. Alburn's led most of this first quarter. It's actually the entire first quarter. And now with two minutes left, we have a foul on the floor against Exeter. Third team foul. Ton Natola, who says nothing. Starting center, standing silently with his hands on his hips. So Exeter ball here. Bonnie Lyles set to inbound in front of Blue Hawk head coach Jeff Holmes, who's standing right over his right shoulder. Inbound is taken. Alvern working right to left. Exeter stays in a half-court man. Broncos feed it to the far side wing. Lambert decides to let it fly. Three-pointer no good. And it bounces high off one of the support wires above the basket. Ruled out of bounds. It'll be Exeter ball. Blue Hawks a chance to tie or take their first lead with a three. Cam Clark is on a 5'8 sophomore guard to run the show for Exeter. Morris set off the weak side screen, fires a three. Misses, though, from the far wing. There's the offensive rebound for the 5'8 Clark. He dribbles into a far corner for Exeter. Bailed out with a bounce pass taken by Paulette. And now it's Morris set, who's dangerous, goes to the dribble. Leaves it underneath. Ball caught, and then a left-hand layup is missed by Ross. Natola will follow it up, though, for two. Not Natola. Yes, it was Natola. He's got six. Exeter starting to show their size along the offensive glass. Game is tied here at 11. A 7-0 run by Exeter as we hit the one-minute mark to go in this first quarter. Bonnie Lyles looking for a response. Goes to the rim far side. Little fade. No. Off the front lip. Rebound to Morissette in the crowd. Behind the back into the front court. Left to right. Down the lane. Shot there. Was waved off. And a foul first on the floor against Alvern. A reach from behind, going to be called against Bonnie Lyles, who looks at his head coach, Brian Lynch, trying to explain himself. Again, the foul on the floor, so it'll be Exeter ball on the sideline. Less than a minute to go, first quarter. Blue Hawks will trail by as many as seven in this first quarter, looking for their first lead here with the game tied. Alvern in an aggressive man-to-man here. Coach Holmes waving his right hand from the sideline, trying to direct the traffic for Exeter. Here's a three, no by Morissette, too deep on the near wing. Rebound to Alvern, cross-court pass taken far side by Weston, and now he'll slow it down. They find Bonnie Lyles, extra pass, near corner for Lambert. Three up and in. Pretty feed from Bonnie Lyles, could have had the shot himself instead. Saw Lambert spotted up, and Lambert, who has had the hot hand, hit two threes in this first quarter. Alvern by four, ten seconds to go. Alvern by three, 14-11. Morissette wants the last shot for Exeter. Five seconds to go. Now he attacks. Has a man wide open underneath. And there's the right-hand layup to beat the buzzer. It's Ethan Pollitt who scores his second field goal off the bench. Pretty feed from Morissette. All eyes were on the junior. Pollitt slipped free or on the baseline. So, entertaining first quarter here in Hudson. A one-point lead for the Auburn Broncos. 14-13. 
right back to Hudson in a moment. You're listening to our FNL Winter Game of the Week. It's presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, and it's right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Tune in and ESPNNHradio.com. returns this fall with Thursday night, Monday night, and Sunday night football right here on 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's home for the NFL. But right now it's FNL winter, and second quarter of action is already taking place. Back to Nick Anastas. Thank you, Tim. Less than a minute off the second quarter clock, and Albert, after taking a one-point lead after one, now finds himself... Down by two, 18-16, and a foul coming here against Alvern. Second quarter began with a Steven Natola two, his fourth field goal. He's the high man now with eight points, the senior for the Blue Hawks. Answered by two free throws from reserve Jake Canellis of Alvern. Then Cody Morissette hit another three, his second from downtown. The Exeter junior now with six. And again, the Blue Hawks have the ball with a two-point lead after trailing the entire first quarter. Minute gone, second quarter and a fadeaway on the baseline results in a jump ball in the paint. Air ball hucked up along the near baseline from Kyle Shaw and a couple of the bigger players on the floor then tied each other up. Jake Canellis, the senior who's got to be on the football team by the best basis of his size. He was tied up with Exeter's big fella. That's Robert Cleish. So the jump ball means Bronco ball Alvern working right to left as Exeter looks to extend into a full court man-to-man. Right to left into the front court. Broncos have it. Down by two. Jab step on the far wing for Jake Drown. Drives middle, but it's waved off. A travel. The senior hangs his head after he dragged the pivot foot before the dribble. Neither team turned it over much in that first quarter. Although both teams began a little cold. Meanwhile, Alvern has switched to a 2-3 zone. They were in a man-to-man Half-court set the whole first quarter. Exeter left to right. Pass is tipped in the lane and stolen. Canellis got a hand on it. And Weston came up with it. So the Broncos turn over Exeter. And now look to tie the game with a two. Inside, it's Canellis guarded by Cleish along the far edge of the lane. Reverse now to the near side for Lambert. Lambert back underneath for Canellis. One dribble up and in from the far side off the glass. But Canellis didn't play in the first quarter. Already with four. In this second, game tied at 18. Exeter wants an answer inside to Cleish. No, but a foul at the rim. Cleish going to shoot two. He took it on the right wrist. Foul on Brown, who just picked up his first. Just over two minutes gone by. And again, 18 all is our score. Exeter, widely considered a contender in Division One. Of course, everybody is chasing Portsmouth, who is still unbeaten at the top of the heap. Alvern, though, they're hoping maybe to secure a home game. They're a game above 500 and a win tonight on their home floor against a very good Blue Hawks team would, I think, go a long way. Meanwhile, the Broncos playing aggressive, looking to attack. It's Lambert up top. One more pass far side. Opens up a three for Brown. That went off target side eye. Rebound Morissette. And the Exeter guard again wants to push. Leaves it near side. Natola in the lane. One dribble. Goes up with the right hand. Count it. And the foul. He got the roll. Strong move by the 6'4 senior. And Natola has looked good in this in this first half. Already with 10. The game's high score. That puts Exeter back in front. 20-18. to 18. Two and a half off the second quarter clock. Subs coming for Exeter. 
Both Cleish and Shaw check out. Coach Holmes brings on Chris Tufts, a six-foot swingman, a junior, for the first time. And also Cole Zimmerman, a sophomore guard, is on. Meanwhile, a zone press here from Exeter. Looks like a 1-3-1, three-quarter look. And it's only got a piece, and there's the steal. It's Zimmerman to the rim, left hand finishes good. Five-point lead opened up. And now a timeout is called. Not Zimmerman there, I'm sorry, but Sowers, his first two. The senior with the left hand finish, 23-18. And Exeter looking pretty strong through three minutes of this second quarter. They've already scored 10 points and are on a 10-4 run after trailing 14-13 after one. Nick, and ask this with you. It's our FNL winner game of the week. It's presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical centers bask now with new imaging options. Check them out online at a couple of different websites, baskimaging.com and bedfordsurgical.com. Also by Apple Therapy, proud supporters of the 2017 Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Year Scholarship Program. Nominate your senior son or daughter today at espnnhradio.com or at appletherapy.com. All right, Albert Ball. Broncos right to left. Exeter on a mini 5-0 run. Albert would like to put an end to that here on this trip. Bonnie Lyles, a dribble, a step back, and a 15-footer is good. Got it at the free throw line from straight away. Broncos leading scorer now with six. And it's a one possession difference again at 23-20. Nearing the midway point of the second quarter. Morissette open near corner three on target. Offensive rebound, Natola. Double teamed in the lane, kicks it out. A three on the way and off target for Exeter. Misfired there by Clark and a rebound again to Exeter. Or sorry to Albert. Albert right to left. A chance to tie with a three. Bonnie Lyles wants it. And too strong from the near corner. Now Fowler on the near baseline off the miss. And it's a foul on Albert. A loose ball foul as Jake Cannell is calling for a grab. His first. So the ball back to the Blue Hawks. Four minutes in second quarter. Albert awaits in a 2-3 zone. Exeter with a 23-20 lead. Natola. High post, dribbled off his leg. It's picked up, though, by Sowers, who fires a three from straightaway. No, now fouling the rebound. I think is going to go against Exeter. No, it's on Alvern. Surprising call there. Joe Canellis, who just checked in for Aller, uh, for Alvern, a sophomore at 6-2, called for a grab on the rebound. He's the man who pulled in the rebound after the whistle. So Exeter gets the ball. Bounce pass off the inbound leads to a jump shot here from 8 feet. Along the near baseline, that's Eric, or rather Ethan Paulette, who has played well for Exeter in this first half. He's got six points. Lead is five for the Blue Hawks, and a near two-pointer. No good from Bullock. Good look, but too strong. Rebound again for Exeter, left to right. Now Natola wants to show the range. Three-pointer, though, is off target. Ball loose on the baseline, and Alvern able to come up with it. Joe Canellis in a crowd, and now Canellis draws a foul against Exeter Sowers who reaches in 90 feet from his basket. Well, both teams have seen their share of whistles so far in this first half. That's the sixth team foul against Exeter, so they're up against the limit. Alvern with just one to give. They have five. There's three and a half to go until halftime. 25-20 is the Exeter lead. Alvern trying to make this trip count right to left. As they slow it down, there's Bullock. Back near side for Brown. Surveys up top. It's Bonnie Lyles. 
Lyles with a shake, wants to go at Morissette down the far side of the lane. Little fade, no good. Back iron, offensive rebound. Up by Brown, no. Tip third time, yes. It's Ryan Rugrick who finally converts for Alvern, his first two. The junior makes it a one-possession game again at 25-22. Three minutes to go now, first half. Broncos in a 2-3, Natola high post, turns, fires from the free throw line, bounces twice off the iron, no, and a defensive rebound near baseline collected by Jack Brown. Alvern has it, they want to push. Down by three, bounce pass, far side, baseline is Rogrick, passes on the shot. Comes with a skip pass to the near side wing for Brown. Brown back to Bonnie Lyles, and Bonnie Lyles is fouled as he puts it on the floor. It's on Sowers, who is not happy, raising both hands above his head, shrugging his shoulders after picking up his second foul. That's going to put Alvert at the free throw line. Team foul number seven, so a one and one coming for Max Bonnie Lyles. Better than 17 a game. Alvert's leading scorer coming in, six foot four, just a junior. Six points so far in this first half. A chance for more here with a one and one. 2.39 to go in this first half. 25-22 is the Exeter lead. Bonnie Lyles, free throw, no good on the front end. Missed it off the back iron. Rebound wrestled away by Natola, and Exeter will slow it down left to right. Tufts into the front court, going to hand him more a set. And the dangerous three-point shooter. has hit two so far in this first half. Steps into a long two and drills it off the ball screen. Able to convert from the far wing. Morris set now with eight. Exeter back in front by five, matching their largest lead at 27-22. Alvin wants an answer, coming up in two minutes to go, second quarter. Broncos right to left, Exeter back in a man-to-man. On a drive coming near side, Joe Canellis fade away, off-balance shot, no go with the right hand. And a rebound in the paint, again, for Exeter's Paulette. Bounce pass, Natola, far side of the lane, left to right, quick shot, no good. Back iron, Alvin the rebound. Broncos right to left. Bonnie Lyles off the crossover. He's got it from the far elbow. Able to pull up over Morissette. Eight now for Bonnie Lyles. And again, a one possession game at 27-24. 90 seconds to go first half. Morissette into the lane. Leaves it for Paulette. Now Natola's spin move at the free throw line. Kick near side. Three-pointer is up and in for Cam Clark. Good movement there by Exeter. And now Bonnie Lyles coughs it up in the far corner for Albert. Turned over, ball back to Exeter. They've got their largest lead of six points up on the board at 30-24. to 24. And a chance for more with just over a minute to go in this first half. What do we got, a box in one here from Albert. Interesting. Obviously, the Morris set is the one. Chasing him around is Connor Lambert, face guarding him. It works. Natola, the shot far side of the lane, tipped. And now Alvern into the front court, right to left, fouled along the far wing. Bolduc going to head to the free throw line. It'll be another one-on-one situation. 18 fouls now against Exeter. Inside of a minute here. Second quarter, 30-24 to 24 Blue Hawks. Natola going to come out. He just picked up his first, by the way. Coach Holmes not going to roll the dice, though. Meanwhile, free throw. Up and good with the right hand for Trevor Bulldock. Six-foot senior. Gets his name in the scorer's book. Brings Alvern back within five. One more coming. Up and good. Pretty rotation and good arc on the shots. 
30-26. to 26. Meanwhile, Morissette left to right for Exeter. Speeds into the front court. Leaves it on the far side baseline. Leaner, no good. In and out for Sean. A near side rebound for Alvern. Long pass from Brown intended for Bulldog. Tipped along the far sideline into the crowd. Knocked away by Exeter. It'll stay with the Broncos. It's out of 40 seconds now. Second quarter. Alvern trying to make it a one-possession game. Trailing 30-26. to 26. Near side, it's Rugrock. Back far side to Bonnie Lyles, who's had the hot end. Comes near side. Now a three up from Brown. No good. Ball tipped under the basket, and it's out of bounds. As Alvarez Rugrock couldn't quite keep it in. At his right foot, it looked like, on the baseline. So out of bounds to Exeter. Alvarez, again in a box and one with Lambert shadowing Morris set here on the near side. 15 seconds. Coach Holmes wants the last shot. Down to eight seconds. And what's this a foul here is Paulette on the catch on the near wing was grabbed on the left wrist. Is that on Brown? Yes, it is. Foul on Jack Brown is second. So a mistake, I think, there by the Auburn defense with six seconds to go. They're going to put Exeter at the free throw line. It's Paulette with a one and one. Seventh Bronco team foul. Coach Lynch takes out Bonnie Lyles. His leading scorer wants to protect him for these final six seconds. One and one here for Paulette. Free throw around the rim, no good. Alvin the rebound, four seconds. Broncos right to left. Lambert at midcourt, heaves up a three, and it comes up just short. That will do it for the first half here at Alvin. 30 to 26. The Broncos trailing Exeter after one half of play. Steven Natola is the high man for the Blue Hawks. He's got 10 points. The senior had help from the junior, Cody Morissette, who has eight. And Ethan Paulette, a big first half despite the missed free throw there at the end. He had six points. 